Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnards on the NBA. I am your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hey, Emilio. Yeah, Tim Emilio, and we're joining you uh, to get back to uh, one of our uh, classic uh, college all-time team episodes. We uh, take a look at uh, the players who have played at a specific college in the, uh, and gone on to the uh, NBA and ABA, and we try to pick an, an all-time team. Uh, we uh, break it down starting at, uh, at center, followed by power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and uh, point guard. And in this uh, episode, we're going to be talking about... Minnesota. Yeah, University of Minnesota. There have been uh, 50 players who have uh, gone to the NBA and ABA from uh, University of Minnesota. And uh, we're about to chat about them. Uh, Mills, let's get right to it. Who did you have at center on the all-time Minnesota team? I had Michael Thompson. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Michael Thompson, this uh, very accomplished player in the league. Yeah, I mean, a two-time NBA champ, made the all-rookie team, and was the number one overall pick from the Portland Trailblazers in the 78 NBA draft. Yeah, big time. Uh, 6'10", uh, 226 type. Uh, yeah, did uh, take a number one overall in that uh, 78 draft. I mean, Blazers, um, yeah, that was not a bad pick. I mean, they probably could have picked Larry Bird. <laughs> Or, um, yeah, they might regret that one a little bit. Yeah, they probably could, should have picked really bird, but I mean, hey, that's already passed. <laughs> yeah, it's another uh, another draft foible for the uh, Blazers through the years. But you got to you got to acknowledge uh, Michael Thompson, a pretty solid career. Let's let's talk a little bit about what he put up on the court. As you mentioned, two time NBA champ, which is uh, obviously that's that's fantastic. Uh, also, a uh, member of that all rookie team. But yeah, I mean, how, how about his uh, his career overall? He was solid. I mean, good rebounder, 7.4 rebounds for his career, 13.7 points for his career, but got up to 20.8 re- points per game and 11.7 um, rebounds per game. That was by far his best season. Yeah, came into the league a little bit late by uh, contemporary standards. I mean, his first year was at age uh, 24, and he missed his entire age 25 season with uh, with a leg injury, but still managed to get uh, 935 regular season games in in the NBA. Uh, pretty solid number. I mean, over his years with the uh, Blazers and, uh, and and Lakers, predominantly. Uh, also, part of uh, his legacy that you got to mention when talking about uh, Michael Thompson, uh, his kids. He's got some uh, some incredible athletes uh, in his family. Yeah, I mean Michael Thompson and Clay Thompson. <laughs> yeah, Michael Thompson, uh, maybe a little bit lesser of a light than uh, than Clay Thompson. I mean, of course, we're talking about like. You know, one of the greatest shooters of all time, three-time NBA champ, Clay Thompson, right there. Yeah, well, um, Michael Thompson didn't do much in the league, but still, I mean, this is uh, this is Michael Thompson the younger. Obviously, we're talking about a Michael Thompson as well. Yeah, this is spelled differently. Yes, this uh, Michael Thompson who attended Pepperdine and uh, had a, had a brief cameo in the league in the 2011-2012 uh, season with the uh, Cavs. Obviously, uh, plenty to say about uh, Clay Thompson, w- one of the more accomplished players in uh, recent memory in uh, in the NBA. But uh, and Washington State. Yeah, we don't need to get into the, into his uh, his accolades right now. Uh, worth mentioning as well that uh, Michael Thompson, with another uh, professional athlete's son, Trace Thompson, an outfielder in uh, the major leagues. That that's his son too. Yeah. So uh, I mean, some pretty athletic kids. Yeah. Wow. Three um, major sports players. Yeah, pretty pretty impressive stuff. Michael Thompson, also a uh, an, an announcer, a color commentator on the Lakers broadcast, and has been doing that for a long time. So still uh, very much around the game. In addition to being the uh, father of a player, you know, we really hope to uh, to see out there 
uh, come the beginning of next season. So I had Michael Thompson at, uh, at center on my squad as well. I think he's, he's the fit here. Um, let's move on to, uh, to the four. Uh, who'd you have there, Mills? I had, who did I have? Kevin McHale. Yeah, it's got to be Kevin McHale. Um, I mean, Black Hole, Herman Monster, Hall of Famer, seven-time All-Star, three-time NBA champ, All-NBA, six-time All-Defensive, All-Rookie team, and two-time six-man of the year. Yeah, really outstanding career for uh, Kevin McHale. I think pretty clearly the uh, best player who attended University of Minnesota to this point, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, and he's a two-time six-man of the year and a seven-time All-Star, like, I don't think you see that um, those two fit together very often. No, I mean, a six-time all-defense, I mean, three times uh, first team. I mean, like, really impressive stuff from uh, Kevin McHale. And, uh, of course, he was, uh, you know, part of that uh, championship uh, front line for the Celtics with, uh, you know, Larry Bird and uh, Robert Parrish. I mean, you know, one of the one of the great uh, trios of all time in the front court for, uh, for an NBA team. Yeah. And one of the most successful. I mean, when you when I, I know Kevin McHale, obviously, before your time and really before my time as well. I remember you know, the very tail end of his career in the uh, in the early '90s. But I mean, what do you see when you look at his uh, statistical profile? Numbers. Yeah, a whole lot of numbers. I mean, it's really pretty typical. Uh, you know, when you're looking at a basketball reference page or you know uh, the the numbers that uh, someone accumulated over the course of their career. But I mean, in terms of uh, you know, more specifically, what, what, what do you see in, uh, that, that stands out in, in Kevin McHale's uh, I mean, career? points and rebounds, I guess. Yeah, definitely a guy who, who racked up those uh, those stats. I mean, you know, got, got up as high as uh, 26.1 points per game at his peak in 86-87. Uh, uh, an all-star, you know, numerous times, as, as we mentioned. But a guy who was really efficient from the floor. I mean, led the league in field goal percentage twice, uh, shooting over 60% on a significant volume in those seasons. Um you know, good free throw shooter as well, just under 80% for his career. So really solid there too. And a guy who, you know, both started and came off the bench at times during his career. I mean, I don't know how uh, how, how much people think about that now who, you know, weren't, weren't living through it and watching him play. But I mean, you know, as you mentioned, uh, multiple times six man of the year and uh, started 400 games out of his uh, 971 career uh, regular season games. So really terrific uh, career from uh, Kevin McHale. I mean, I know often talked about uh, by, you know, players he played against as just, you know, an impossible matchup both on defense and on offense. I mean, both on offense and on defense. I mean, where, where he, I mean, you know, known as the black hole. I mean, you know, you, you probably wouldn't want to be trying to score against someone with that nickname. No, I mean, then you just like zipped right into it. You disappear into the black hole, right? I mean, so that that's bad news for you. So, uh, yeah, Hall of Famer, uh, as you mentioned, uh, inducted in uh, 1999 and um, third overall pick out of Minnesota in the uh, 1980 NBA draft. So really phenomenal career for uh, Kevin McHale and a uh, one team career as well. I mean, his entire run with the, uh, with the Celtics. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, you know, just some of his uh, positions on all time leaderboards that are uh, particularly notable 18th all time in offensive rating 21st in true shooting percentage, 22nd in field goal percentage, 31st in blocks. Uh, so, so some really, some really phenomenal uh, career placements for uh, the great Kevin McHale. And of course, went on to a career as a coach and as, and as an executive as well. Uh, was part of the uh, Timberwolves front office when they traded uh, KG to uh, to the Celtics to uh, allow for that 2008 championship team to come together. You might uh, have been part of that. Well, yeah, I mean, he certainly hooked up his uh, his old team with, uh, with with the player to get them over the top, and also uh, had had a stint with the uh, with the Rockets as uh, as a head coach. Uh, in the last head decade, coach? 
Yeah, he was a head coach. Uh, he actually coached uh, James Harden uh, squads for, uh, for for a little bit there with the Rockets uh, before moving on. Uh, I mean, he got fired early early in the season uh, a few years ago. So we'll see. I mean, we might see Kevin McHale uh, on the bench at some point in the future or something like that, but uh, certainly has made a big imprint on the game. Yeah. All right, so uh, chatted a little bit about Kevin McHale there and uh, continuing to do it now, but uh, let, let's move on now uh, to the three. Mills, who did you have at the three on this Minnesota All-Ten team? Um, I had Mark Olderburn. Mark Olberding. Yes, I also had Mark Olberding. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about him. Probably not quite as well known as Kevin McHale. I mean, I don't think anybody knows him as Kevin McHale. Well, <laughs> from uh, his Wikipedia page, I can tell you he uh, currently lives in San Antonio. All right. Um, well, he did attend Minnesota, and I mean, I don't think anybody knows him as Kevin McHale. I mean, his nicknames are Young Warrior and Big O, not Kevin McHale. Young Warrior, whatever. But he, um, he's just been solid in his career. I mean, yeah. I mean, not playing anymore. Retired um, a while ago in the '80s. But I mean, 9.5 points per game for his career. Probably the worst player on this starting five. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I also had uh, Kevin McHale and, and Mark Olberding as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, a, certainly a less notable career, but did actually stick around for quite some time. I mean, 946 uh, regular season games, that's across the NBA and ABA. Uh, played, played a little bit in the ABA uh, his first season at age 19. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, as you mentioned, big, big O, uh, young warrior. Uh, not Kevin McHale. <laughs> right, not Kevin McHale. Yeah, I mean, a guy who wore uh, 53 and 52 uh, exclusively during his, uh, his his playing career. And uh, a guy who could contribute, uh, look, look like he could contribute some points. I mean, uh, he could score it a little bit, just under 50% uh, from the floor for his career. Yeah. And uh, contributing, you know, 9.5 points per game, uh, 5.3 rebounds, a little bit of passing, uh, two and a half assists per game. So it seems like a, a kind of a well-rounded player. Um, yeah. You know. Might like to improve upon, upon this spot in uh, future uh, iterations of uh, our Minnesota teams. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a solid contributor, I would say, for uh, for Mark Olberding and a guy who started at least 301 uh, games in the league out of his 946 uh, games played. More than that, probably. Yeah, more than that, because we, we only have uh, data for, uh, you know, games started for uh, part of his career. So, yeah, it's uh, hard to say. Uh, apparently, according to his uh, Wikipedia page, was uh, part of uh, – a group of guys called the Bruise Brothers, uh, known that for their uh, for, for being physical players, uh, talking about uh, Spurs teammates during the '80s, uh, including George Johnson, Dave Corzine, Kevin Rastani, who we've talked about previously on the podcast, and Paul Griffin, San Francisco episode, Paul Griffin and Reggie Johnson. So uh, yeah, worth uh, worth mentioning that as well. I don't know too much more on uh, on Mark Olberding. Do you? Um, I actually have quite a bit more. I mean, he has kind of a short Wikipedia page for a player. I mean this substantial and he also um i think i know why he lives in um san antonio and because he's played in the spurs for a while yeah great point so that that could he may very well uh may have uh enjoyed playing with the uh, spurs gotten like the area and uh, stuck around post career yeah great call all right so let's uh let's keep moving here uh I, so we're, we're in lockstep so far in terms of uh, our selections who did you have at the two i had the all-time great lou hudson yeah, Lou Hudson was pretty nice. I had Lou Hudson as well. We're, we had the same pick so far. Tell us a little bit about uh, about Sweet Lou or uh, Super Lou. Yeah, six-time All-Star, All-NBA, and All-Rookie Team. Unfortunately, passed away on April 11th, 
2014, but I mean, he had a great NBA career. Could really fill it up. Yeah, I mean, you're not kidding. I mean, averaged over 20 points per game for his career. I mean, like you do that over 890 regular season games, you could really fill it up. Yeah, I mean, he got up to like 27.1 points per games, and I mean, he could like for his era, he was like he could he was like shooting it. He was like shooting it. like he was not only going right out of the basket. He could like pop. Yeah, you're right. I mean, his size certainly, you know, uh, put him at a disadvantage relative to some of the big-time scorers of the day. I mean, but uh, 6'5", uh, 210 pounds, a uh, guy who, you know, played on the wing, really. I mean, you know, at, at a time where uh, there were there were less guys who were filling it up uh, to this extent from uh, from the wing. But, I mean, you could tell, you know, even before the three-point line came in, I mean, he played his career, you know, starting in 1966 and running until uh, 1979. So no three-point line to consider. But, I mean, this guy was shooting, you know, 80% from, uh, from the free-throw line for his career. Could obviously shoot it, yeah. And, and as you mentioned, I mean, you know, the, you know, he's he's getting up over twenty shots, twenty field goal attempts per game during a, a lot of his career, a lot, a lot of the meat yeah, of his I career. Mean, he um he shot forty eight percent from the field, attempting seventeen shots a game. Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, right, and, and we we know based on his size, he's not getting all those like right under the basket, like you said. So uh, obviously capable of creating a shot and uh, and you know getting a shot to go down. And he was actually. Um, and at high school, he was a four-sport athlete. He was a quarterback, a first baseman, a sprinter, and a sprinter besides playing basketball. Yeah, wow. I mean, what, what an athlete uh, Lou Hudson um, must have been. Uh, his, his number uh, retired both by the, uh, the Golden Gophers, uh, Minnesota, number 14, and also with the Atlanta Hawks, where he played the vast majority of his uh, NBA career. Yeah. And St. Louis as well. I mean, he actually began his career with the St. Louis Hawks, but, uh, you know, stayed with the franchise as they moved to Atlanta and played another nine seasons there. So a, uh, a, a Hawks legend, really. I mean, and a, a guy who maybe doesn't get as much shine as uh, as he should. I mean, I, I certainly didn't know as much about uh, – Oh, I didn't about Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, needless to say. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's keep moving here. I, I had him as well. Uh, let's get to the point guard uh, spot. Mills, uh, who'd you have there? Oh, by the way, you've had everybody who's I've had. Yeah, I think I mentioned that at a few points along the way, but yeah, I mean, nothing wrong with it. Uh, we're getting back to that, and I'm sure we'll uh, we'll cover uh, our lineups again uh, after after we cover our point guard here. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're talking about shake and bake here, and I mean, two time All Star and made the All NBA team, Archie L. Clark. Like Archie Battle Clark. Battle done, Archie L. Clark. Yeah, he's got the L in there, L uh, middle initial. Uh, let's talk a bit about Archie Clark. I mean, the guy was taken with the uh, 37th overall pick in the. Uh, 1966 NBA draft by the Lakers uh, at a high school in uh, Michigan, uh, college at Minnesota, obviously, and uh, went on to have a pretty solid career. I had him as well. and um, He put up 25 points, yeah. points for game one year. Yeah, and yeah. during that year, nice. he had eight assists per game as well. So, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a lot of usage. I mean, that, that's pretty impressive stuff. And 3.5 rebounds. And he was on, uh, on, a, on a couple of teams that season, actually. I mean, and uh, made his way to uh, – Few different stops over the course of his uh, NBA career at 725 regular nice. season games. He didn't play that long, but he was pretty nice. Yeah, definitely. I mean, apparently, uh, you know, one of the first uh, uh, to really master the uh, crossover dribble, which is why he's uh, known as uh, Shake and Bake. Kind of had that little shake to his game, and uh, obviously rode that to uh, to really impressive success during his career. A two-time All Star, although his numbers uh, suggest that maybe there were a couple of All Star years left on the table there because. Uh, yeah, he has a pretty solid seasons. Yeah, for sure. 
And, uh, you know, it looks like injuries may have struck him down at certain times during his career uh, as he got into his 30s. And, of course, uh, like so many uh, of his era, didn't get started until uh, later in his in his you know, in, in his life. It's kind of weird to put it that way. But, uh, you know, his first uh, season in the league uh, coming league at age 25. Is- well, because, I mean, you know, at age 25, you're still pretty young. I mean, people usually think, you know, later in life, you're not thinking about age 25. But for basketball purposes, you know, you're missing out on, on a few, you know, playing years, you know, relative to guys who would come into the league now or even guys, you know, who came into the league earlier in uh, years gone by. I actually uh, ran for mayor of his uh, of his hometown after his uh, career, unfortunately, uh, unsuccessful. And then I think who did he beat him? That's a great question. And we should uh, we, we should definitely dig into that for uh, for a future episode. Oh, I think it was Tom Croft. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about Tom Crop. <laughs> Maybe it was Dick Gribbs. <laughs> All right. Anything else to uh, to say on Archie Clark here, or should we uh, should, should we wrap up our, uh, our our choices for the starting lineup here again? Um. All right. Let's just let's work back through our uh, our starting lineups again. I had uh, we both had Michael Thompson at center, Kevin McHale at power forward. Uh, Mark Olberding at uh, small forward, Lou Hudson at the two, and uh, Archie Clark at the point. We will uh, take a quick break here, and we'll be back in just a minute with uh, the other players uh, who attended Minnesota. And we're back to continue our discussion of uh, players who attended uh, University of Minnesota who went on to play in the NBA and ABA. Uh, we've uh, completed our, uh, our starting five, but uh, there's plenty of other guys, uh, 50 players overall who attended University of Minnesota. Let's, uh, let's chat about some of the other ones. Uh, I think we got to start with uh, Ray Williams. Yeah, so do I. I mean, this guy can just pop it so nicely. Uh, he's a pretty pretty good scorer. I mean, uh, absolutely. I think we talked about uh, Ray Williams previously on our 1977 draft episode. That was a little while ago, though. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, his some of his uh, colorful nicknames: uh, Big Apple Turnover, Crazy Eddie, Buttersworth, and uh, Boom Boom. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, Ray no longer with us, but a, a pretty solid uh, NBA career across uh, 655 regular season games. Yeah, I mean, definitely solid. I mean, put up over 20 points a game some years. I mean, that's that's good. Uh, notable in that his uh, uh, he averaged uh, 1.8 steals per game over the course of his career, which is uh, pretty darn good. I mean, it's good for uh, 21st in uh, steal percentage all time. That's not a steal percentage, but he, he has the uh, 21st best steal percentage of all time, the 31st best steals per game of all time. That's pretty good. It's a big-time steals guy, uh, Ray Williams. Also uh, averaging a 5.8 assists per game over the course of his career. So a pretty solid contributor, 240 regular season starts that we know about. Again, his career spans some of that period where we don't have uh, game started information. But, um, yeah, I mean, a pretty good player having been taken with the uh, 10th overall pick in the uh, the 77 draft out of, um, out of Minnesota. I mean, solid player. I mean, Gus Williams is his um, brother. Yeah. And, I mean, pretty good. 10th overall in the draft. So, I mean, he was clearly looking good coming out of Minnesota. I mean, around that time, I mean, everybody was looking good coming out of Minnesota. Well, there do seem to be a lot more players who uh, came out of Minnesota in uh, years gone by. We'll get to a few of the guys who well, are in the league right now who, uh, who attended the college, but not as many. Yeah, I feel like also, like, mostly, like, not always, like, in, like, the old, old days, but more like the 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah, yeah, interesting point, yeah. I mean, and as we, we discuss a few more of these guys, we can uh, note the eras in which they uh, in which they played. Uh, let's talk about uh, Bobby Jackson. I think he's one of the more memorable uh, Minnesota attendees from, uh, you know, among players that I've watched. 
Yeah, I mean, played in the 2000s. And, um, yeah, I mean, good player, I guess. But, I mean, put up over 15 points a game and gotten a bunch of games, 755 regular season games. Played with a bunch of teams, played with the Kings, Timberwolves, um, Pelicans, I think, um, Grizzlies, Nuggets, and Rockets. Yeah, definitely got around, but I think most memorable from his uh, days with the Kings, actually won uh, uh, Sixth Man of the Year with the Kings. Uh, during, yeah, I mean, he, he was part of uh, part of some good Kings teams. I mean, he was definitely like a, a key element on uh, the 2002-2003 Kings squad that uh, that made it into the playoffs and ended up losing in the Western Conference semis to the uh, to the Mavs in, in seven. But that was a team with, uh, you know, Pedro Stojakovic, Chris Webber, uh, you know, some some really good players, and he was a key piece uh, coming off the bench that year, but Mike Baby as well, of course, and um, Vlade Divas. So, yeah, definitely a, a guy who's who's a, been around the Kings and is most uh, clearly associated with the Kings, having been taken with the uh, 23rd pick in the uh, 97 draft, actually selected by the uh, by the Sonics, although he never uh, never ended up playing with uh, with them. I actually saw just recently he was named the, uh, the head coach of the uh, Stockton Kings, which is, I believe, the uh, – the G League squad of the uh, of the Kings, so like you know, back in the Kings family, making news as of uh, you know the day of this recording. That was today. I think it was yesterday, but you know, it's pretty close. Oh, yeah. So uh, exciting stuff. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll be hearing more from uh, from Bobby Jackson uh, going forward. But a guy who again, I mean, got the league a little bit on the late side at age uh, twenty four, but ended up uh, hanging around through age thirty five. So he, he was able to make some uh, significant contributions in the league uh, got 58 playoff games in as well so definitely a guy who had uh, had a reputation as a uh, as some instant offense off the bench and uh, you know pretty pretty strong physical guy and uh, yeah part of part of some good rotations for sure and also we got Jim Brewer he did go to the yeah let's talk about uh, about Jim Brewer as well uh, just to uh, clear up any confusion, this is not the uh, the comedian Jim Brewer. Uh, this guy's on Saturday Night Live, uh, stand-up comedian as well. Uh, not the same guy. God, we got God, we made that clear. Um, but yes, uh, he um, this guy could rebound the ball like he was like the best rebounder of all time. He it like looked like that when I watched. I think you're thinking of uh, Maurice Stokes, who we've uh, covered in a previous episode, who is uh, an incredible rebounder. Uh, this Jim Brewer, uh, not not as much of an incredible rebounder, but a guy who definitely played uh, played some in the league. And um, yeah, I mean, got 703 regular season games, having been taken with the uh, with the second overall pick by the uh, by the Cavs in the uh, 73 NBA draft. Some interesting uh, family bloodlines with uh, Jim Brewer, actually uh, the uncle of uh, Doc Rivers. Wow. Yeah, how about that? And uh, first notable player uh, to come out of uh, Proviso East High School in uh, in Chicago. Uh, well, I mean, it's a, a high school that's turned out a whole bunch oh. of uh, impressive pros, from Doc Rivers to Michael Finley, uh, D. Brown, Shannon Brown, and uh, John Carter. Wow! Yeah, Ronnie. That pretty pretty impressive stuff. Uh, of course, related to uh, Austin Rivers as well, uh, the current NBA player, uh, but a guy who won uh, won you know. Uh, NBA championship in uh, in 1982 uh, with the uh, with, with the Lakers and uh, actually was uh, t- on the uh, defensive team, all defensive team uh, twice. Yeah, I mean that's pretty good to get that um, all defensive team twice. And I mean he um he has at least a point one Hall of Fame probability and um, 
Yeah, I mean, second team, all defense. I mean, not first team. So, I mean. I mean, Leo's, Leo's something to shoot for, but, I mean, it's still pretty good. But he could have done better. Well, I mean, you know, fair. Uh, 18th all-time in defensive rating, though, so clearly a, a significant defensive presence, uh, Jim Brewer. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's wearing a cool Cavs uniform and the, his um, basketball reference picture. I think that's a Cavs uniform. Yeah, absolutely, that's a Cavs uniform. Played uh, 462 of his uh, of his games with the uh, Cavaliers. Yeah, and, I mean, also played in Italy. Yeah, played in Italy down, down the end of his career as well. So uh, interesting uh, run for him. Uh, Jim Brewer averaged double-double at the, the peak of his powers back in uh, his age 24 season. But, uh, yeah, really, really solid career from uh, from Jim Brewer. Yeah. Uh, let's keep it moving here and talk about uh, Trent Tucker. I was just mentioning I think uh, Trent Tucker might have been uh, participating in the first NBA game I ever witnessed. Well, he definitely was. Yeah, he um, definitely was. It was in, in the right season. He was a member of the, uh, of the Knicks to start his career, played uh, – Played the first nine seasons of his career with the Knicks before wrapping it up with the uh, the Spurs and the Bulls down the end. Guy who was taken with the uh, sixth overall pick out of uh, Minnesota, so one of the higher picks out of Minnesota in recent years. I mean, recent years. <laughs> he was taken in 1982, but uh, e- even since then, one of the uh, one of the higher picks to uh, come out of Minnesota. Yeah, and I mean, he won a title with the Bulls as well, and I mean, he has a section on Wikipedia called the Trent Tuckle Rule. Yeah, so this is actually a really interesting uh, uh, note here. This uh, There was uh, a situation in uh, 1990 where uh, he was with the Knicks facing the Bulls, and uh, it was ruled that uh, a shot that he got off with uh, 0.1 seconds remaining on the clock uh, counted and uh, changed the rule. That basically, like, it's impossible to uh, get a shot off in uh, 0.1 or 0.2 seconds. There basically has to be 0.3 seconds at least remaining on the shot clock in order for it to be possible to get a shot off. Like, this is when they're inbounding. But didn't um, Chauncey Billups tip it in? Tipping is different. This is, like, to catch and shoot, there has to be 0.3 at least Uh, on the clock. Otherwise, it's, like, literally impossible, so you have to go for the tip. So, I mean, there there have been examples of of, of tip-ins for sure. That's a really good clarification. But that's the Trent Tucker rule. Like, it was established in response to the complaints of Phil Jackson after Trent Tucker's shot went in and was counted with only 0.1 remaining. Oh, well... I don't. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that's really possible. Exactly. That was the point. It's like common sense wise, it just doesn't make sense. So uh, yeah, they, they got the rule changed. Uh, interestingly, uh, Trent Tucker actually finished his career on the uh, ninety two ninety three Chicago Bulls, playing for Phil Jackson and winning the championship. I mean, not surprisingly, he was on Jordan Bulls. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty nice for uh, for Trent Tucker, uh, right there. Uh, let's. Uh, any, anything else on uh, Trent Tucker here? Um, not much. No. Let's talk about Sean Leonard. This guy was uh, someone who had, had a significant impact in the uh, the mid '90s to uh, to the mid 2000s. Um, big time three point shooter. Yeah, um, I mean, put up 38 percent from three for his career, and I mean, on 4.3 attempts, and I mean, pretty good. Um, Played in the playoffs a couple times. Actually put up 17 points a game in five games in the playoffs with the Nuggets in 2002-2003. Yeah, capable of getting really, really hot with his uh, with his shot. I mean, as you mentioned, in the, in the playoffs, I mean, he had some runs where he was uh, really just on fire. That year that he averaged 17 points was shooting uh, just under 46% from three in the series. And I uh, got up some pretty good volume for, uh, for the time in which he was playing as well. 
uh, 4.3 attempts uh, per game from three over the course of his career uh, during the regular season. That is uh, 565 regular season games. And a guy who uh, you know didn't come in to uh, to the NBA as uh, as as much of a prospect. I mean, uh, you know, kind of a forgotten man uh, taken with the forty uh, sixth overall pick in the ninety four draft. That's in the second round. But uh, really, I mean, you know, established himself with his big time shooting. I mean, uh, came into the league with the uh, with the Heat, uh, shot thirty five percent in pretty limited action from three uh, his first year, but then pumped that up to. Uh, you know, 41% and uh, 40% in, in more minutes over the course of the next two seasons and really established himself as a uh, three-point gunner worth, uh, you know, getting into your rotation. Yeah, for sure. Uh, played uh, played it in, in the CBA uh, before uh, before making his way to the uh, to the NBA. Yeah, and I mean, he, um, he uh, yeah, it was, I mean, I think he definitely should have been drafted higher. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair fair to say, and actually went on to uh, to win a three point shootout as well that's over the course good. of his career. Yeah, I mean a, a legit uh, three point bomber. One of these guys also who uh, worth noting and never wore the uh, same uniform number uh, twice. Yeah, I mean 22, 21, 5, 2, 1, and zero. Yeah, I guess he wore. Uh, yeah, I mean I guess he wore it like different days within the same season and stuff, but like he changed up his uniform number a lot. Yeah. All right, so let's also talk about uh, about Chris Humphreys. I know this is another player who uh, uh, played fairly recently. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Hump is his nickname, and I mean, it's probably because of his last name. Yeah, I mean, true, and he was um, a great swimmer. Yeah, I mentioned this to you uh, just the other day. Yeah, a big time swimmer as a kid. I mean, uh, you know, guy who was. Uh, you know, through uh, age 10 or so, I mean, uh, you know, as, uh, as as good a swimmer as there was in the United States, uh, competing against the likes of uh, Michael Phelps and actually defeating him in some uh, youth events, according to his uh, Wikipedia page, actually held a uh, held a record for a 50-meter freestyle for uh, 10 and under boys for uh, 18 years, apparently, that, that record stood. So <laughs> a phenomenal athlete, phenomenal swimmer uh, as a kid, but a guy who focused on, uh, on, on basketball from... Uh, you know, his teenage years and uh, obviously made it to, uh, to the NBA and played uh, 800 regular season games. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, what, what stands out to you about, uh, about Chris Humphreys as a, uh, as a player, a guy who, guy who could certainly uh, score a, a little bit and, and rebound some and, you know, physical presence. Yeah. I mean, put up 13.8 points per game one year. And I mean, yeah, I mean, 203 starts, which is not bad. And played, got around for sure. I mean, Suns, uh, Mavericks, Celtics, um, Hawks, Wizards, Jazz, um, Raptors, Nets. So definitely got around. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, taken with the uh, the fourteenth pick in the two thousand four uh, draft, and uh, <laughs> wore uh, you know despite moving around as much as he did, wore number forty three wherever he went. That's pretty unusual. I mean, to, to be on that many different teams and uh, get your number everywhere you go. A uh, guy who was a big time recruit uh, coming out of, uh, of high school in, in 2003. So it was actually a pretty good get for, uh, for Minnesota, uh, despite being a Minnesota guy, uh, born in Minnesota, uh, went to high school in Minnesota and college in Minnesota actually was offered a uh, scholarship at Duke and accepted a scholarship there, but then uh, uh, reconsidered and, uh, and, and decided to attend Minnesota instead. And obviously, you know, got to be a, a pretty high draft pick, uh, even yeah, coming through Minnesota. Overall. Yeah, as opposed to uh, as opposed to Duke. 
So, uh, yeah, we'll take a uh, take a real quick break here, uh, and we'll be back to uh, continue with a few more of these players in uh, just a moment. We're back to uh, continue our conversation about uh, um, NBA and ABA players who attended uh, University of Minnesota. Uh, Mills, let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, Randy Brewer. Now, he's our second uh, Brewer of, uh, of this episode. Actually spelled differently, though. Yes. Um, this one spells his name like Jim Brewer, the aforementioned Jim Brewer, the comedian. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, don't get this guy confused with Jim Brewer either. I mean, I know Randy Brewer, Jim Brewer, similar. Um, but, yeah, he played 11 seasons in the league, um, 1983 through 1994, and um, solid, solid. Yeah, 1983 draft, uh, 18th overall, uh, really notable uh, in, in retrospect, uh, looking back at his career for his uh, height. This guy was huge, seven foot three, two hundred and thirty pounds. Whoa! I mean, that's big, and he was actually, I, I mean, center um, at um, at seven three. So I mean, no surprise there, two thirty as well. So I mean, big guy, and uh, yeah. Number forty five wearer throughout his career. Actually, his number forty five retired by Minnesota in his honor. So oh! this guy. Really, really sticking with the number 45 uh, across his entire career. Yeah, I mean, his college numbers must be pretty good. I mean, if he's, um, I mean, he's actually not that good in college either. And looking at his stats now, I mean, he, he's a guy who got up to uh, some really impressive numbers by the, his senior season, uh, averaging uh, almost 20 and a half points per game and almost nine rebounds. I just feel like it's easy, usually like great NBA players. In college, that like deserve to have their number retired or something like they have got to at least have like twenty five points a game in college. I'll tell you what, we uh, we got a lot of content out of this uh, Randy Brewer conversation, much more than I expected. So I got to give it up for, uh, for for Randy Brewer, give us something to talk about. All right, speaking of uh, people to talk about, let's uh, get into Dick Garmaker a little bit now. Unfortunately, Dick uh, passing away uh, just about a year ago now on June fifteenth of last year, but uh, before that, he had a pretty good run. Yeah, I mean, 87 years of, of a good run. And um, actually a six-time All-Star, I mean, a four-time All-Star. I mean, not bad. I mean, put up some nice numbers, especially in scoring. I mean, double-digit scoring every year of his career since his rookie year. And, I mean, this guy was nice. Yeah, I mean, came into the league at age 23 back in the 55-56 uh, season, uh, played with the uh, Minneapolis Lakers, those, uh, those early Minnesota squads. I mean, of course – you know, there's some connection between uh, you know, Doogie. Or... Yeah, I mean, like this, <laughs> the Minneapolis Lakers. Yeah, I mean, you know, definitely a Minnesota guy. I mean, from uh, from Hibbing High School in Hibbing, college in Minnesota, and then went out to play for the uh, for the Minneapolis Lakers. Um, yeah, some, uh, some some good squads and some good performances out of this guy. I mean, he could obviously shoot it. Uh, just you know, seventy almost seventy nine percent from the free throw line for his career, and uh, up over thirteen points per game too. So, uh, pretty solid contributions from. Uh, from Dick Garmaker uh, through the yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, certainly. And, um, I mean, nobody can top Dick Garmaker. Oh. Yeah, I mean, even made uh, an all-NBA team uh, at one point during his career. So uh, pretty pretty impressive stuff. All-NBA second team back in the 56-57 uh, season. Actually, a 2.6 Hall of Fame probability. I mean, he is going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't know about that. He probably would have made it by now if he was uh, going to go. But, uh, yeah, it's certainly a noteworthy career for, uh, for Dick Garmaker. Got to mention uh, Joel Prisbilla as well. Joel Prisbilla, a, a high draft pick out of uh, Minnesota, 
uh, during my lifetime, uh, my time paying attention to, to hoops, uh, taken with the uh, ninth overall pick in the uh, 2000 NBA draft. So, yeah, a more recent player and actually played for a lot of different teams and played for quite a bit, actually. I mean, over 10 seasons and, I mean, played actually only with four different teams, the Blazers, the Bucks, the Hawks, and the Hornets. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, was, had a pretty likely career. Definitely. I mean, one of these, uh, you know, typical like low skill uh, big man types uh, from uh, that, you know, could really get by in his era. Seven foot one, 255 guy. Uh, pretty, you know, chunky, definitely hard to move around. Definitely a presence uh, down there, but a guy who could never really score it at all. Uh, 3.9 points per game over the course of his career. One particularly interesting thing that I think about him, uh, his uh, field goal percentage and free throw percentage, almost identical. Uh, shot a uh, 55.2% from the floor and 55.7% from the line for that his career. That is horrible from the line. <laughs> yeah, pretty poor uh, shooter from the line. But like I said, I mean, this guy just really did not have the touch at all. Uh, but a big body and, you know, a guy who lasted almost 600 regular season games in the league as a result. If you had the touch, he would be one of the best players of all time. That, uh, that might be a little bit strong. Uh, worth mentioning, uh, Jim Peterson as well. This guy has, uh, you know, really come to my attention, uh, less for his playing career than for his uh, career as a uh, as a commentator, as an analyst with the uh, Timberwolves on their broadcasts over the years. But a guy who also attended uh, Minnesota, you know, classic Minnesota guy, as, as a lot of these guys are, uh, taken with the uh, 51st overall pick in the third round of the 1984 NBA draft. Yeah, I mean, this guy's just He's too good. I just like can't look at his page. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is kind of uh, kind of intense uh, checking out his uh, his page sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, we should mention uh, Whitey Skoog as well. Now this guy, you know, you got you got to go way back to the fifties, uh, way back to those Minneapolis Lakers teams. Uh, broke in in uh, 51, 52 with the Lakers and hung around uh, for uh, six years there. But he's a part of three title teams. Yeah, and actually, was not bad. I mean, put up. 8.8 shots per game, and um, I mean, I mean, three three hundred forty one regular season games, not too bad for basketball. Then. I mean, started at age twenty five and ended at age thirty, so that's reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and uh, like I said, I mean, part of uh, part of some uh, some championship teams in the early days of uh, of the NBA. Another uh, champion, a guy who didn't have a tremendously impressive career, perhaps as an individual. But a guy who was part of uh, some really good things is uh, Mark Landsberger, another uh, Minnesota attendee, guy who uh, spent some time at Arizona State as well before being taken in the, that uh, classic 77 draft with the uh, 35th overall pick. Yeah, I mean, this guy, um, he really put up some numbers. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't go too far in uh, talking up the numbers that he put up. I mean, averaging uh, 5.6 points per game and 6.1 rebounds per game over the course of uh, 437 hey, regular season games. Those are numbers. Well, uh, you're absolutely right. Actually, those are those are definitely numbers. Uh, not the most impressive numbers, but a guy who was uh, impressively part of uh, two championship teams with the Lakers. I mean, you might be um, ranking like lowest numbers, but um, yeah. I mean, in the playoffs, didn't really play that much, but actually got up 41 playoff games with the um, with the Lakers and Hawks, and. Um, yeah, played a little bit on those title teams. And his first title team, he actually played 16 games. Like, so, I mean, I think all the games, right? Well, you have to win 16 games to uh, to, to win the title, so. Did they win all 16? No, I don't, I don't believe any team has ever done that. 
Yeah. Won, won 16 in a row. But, I mean, he, you know, obviously featured significantly in their playoff run that year yeah. with 16 games played uh, during the playoffs. Uh, let's also mention uh, Willie Burton. Now, this is a particularly interesting player for a specific reason, but uh, had, had a pretty reasonable NBA career for uh, a guy who uh, we're talking about this late in an episode. Oh, my God. He put up 53 points in a game. Yeah, he sure did. That's what I was going to drop on you. But, uh, yeah, impressively, uh, 53-point game, and, and look at how it broke down. This is this is a game uh, in uh, 1994, December 13th. Uh, I was alive, but don't don't remember it. Uh, 105 uh, uh, to a 90 victory by the 76ers over the Heat. You had uh, Willie Burton playing with that uh, that 76ers squad, and uh, this guy went to work. He sure did. I just saw it as you were scrolling up the page there, and I mean, 43 minutes, 12 from 19 from the field, five for eight from three, um, 24 for 28 from the line. <laughs> 24 for 28 from the line for this guy. That is insane. And uh, don't don't uh, don't shortchange him on the uh, eight rebounds, three assists, steal, and two blocks he had in that game as well. I mean, just a monster night for yeah. Willie Burton. Yeah, I mean, what a night! And they and he even got to play with DJ Tyler that game. What an accomplishment! <laughs> Pretty cool uh, for for Willie Burton. Actually, that, that only 19 field goal attempts in the game. 53 points. That's bonkers. And 24 of them were off free throws. Yeah, that's a, an incredible number of uh, free throws. A guy who was taken with the uh, the ninth pick in the uh, in, in the draft. I wouldn't say he necessarily lived up to that, but I don't know. He had some pretty productive seasons. Yeah, I mean, career. put up in that season where he did that 53-point game, he put up 15.3 points per game that year. Yeah, definitely got some opportunities that year. I mean, you can see he was, uh, you know, getting to work behind the uh, the long line there as well. I mean, uh, in a way that he didn't in other seasons during his career. Uh, but de definitely a, a notable uh, a career for uh, a player from Minnesota. I was glad we got to uh, to Willie Burton here. Um, also wanted to uh, wanted to mention Walter Bond. Now this guy, I remember from his uh, from his career. I saw he uh, popped up not too long ago as. Uh, as a host of a Food Network show uh, called uh, "Giving You the Business," we can talk a little bit about his uh, about his brief uh, NBA run. Yeah, um, not a great <laughs> career, but I, I, you can definitely produce some music. Uh, yeah, so that, not 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 a ton to say on, on Walter Bond. Let, let's let's turn our, our attention before we uh, wrap up this episode to the uh, guys who are currently in the league. Uh, actually, a couple of teammates who uh, attended the University of Minnesota and now find themselves on uh, the still live uh, fighting for a championship uh, Los Angeles Clippers. They got a uh, Amir Coffee. Yeah, Amir. Um, I wonder if he's the only player in NBA history named Amir. Um, he um, he's actually very interestingly put out three point two points per game in both of his seasons in the league. So I mean, not horrible. Actually, Richard Coffey, his father, played in the league. and uh, Also I mean, an attendee of, uh, of Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, good for him. Yeah, Richard Coffey only playing one year in the league with the Timberwolves. But, I mean, Amar a little better. Amir. Amir. Amir, uh, Amir Coffey, yeah. I mean, Amir Coffey, just 23 years old right now. So, uh, despite not really getting uh, much of a look here in, uh, in in their current playoff run, although he has played uh, in three games. Yeah. Um, Definitely a guy who you know maybe has some uh, some future in, in the league uh, going forward, and uh, you know obviously a much more recent uh, Minnesota 
player. We should also uh, turn our attention at, at this time to uh, his teammate, another guy who was going to have a hard time getting off the bench in the uh, playoffs, and uh, Daniel Oturu. Yeah, has he been uh, I believe he has played in the playoffs. This is his first year in the league, so he's just gotten into a couple of games in the playoffs uh, so far, certainly in uh, in garbage time. But, uh, yeah, a guy who, uh, you know, uh, definitely uh, appeared for the uh, for the Clippers this season. No doubt. And, I mean, was really helping them when they were um, trying to be horrible at the end of the season. Yeah, uh, battling for uh, playoff positioning, trying to uh, tank their way into the uh, into the four seed and into that matchup on the other side of the bracket from the, uh, from the Lakers. Uh, obviously, it didn't end up coming to pass anyway, but uh, Daniel Aturu playing a big role uh, down the stretch, uh, playing big minutes for them in games they were trying to uh, lose. But I mean, who knows what we'll see from him uh, going forward. Taken with the uh, 33rd overall pick, so a premium pick in the top of the second round in uh, just the uh, 2020 draft. So he just, looks uh, like a point guard just a year by ago. his picture, but he's actually something. Interesting. I wonder what uh, looking like a point guard uh, is just in terms of a He just shot. looks like, um, like a guy who likes to shoot threes. Yeah, interesting. That's, uh, I, I guess I could see that. Uh, let's also uh, mention uh, Larry Mikan. Now, this uh, this guy has a pretty familiar uh, name, especially around uh, Minnesota. His father is George Mikan, and um, he actually played 53 games in the league and put up three points per game. Yeah, not, not a particularly notable uh, career on the court, but uh, obviously a very notable father uh, with George Mikan, one of the early stars in the uh, history of the NBA. And uncle. Yeah, his uncle Ed Mikan as well, another uh, another another guy who featured significantly in uh, in NBA play. Uh, worth also mentioning, uh, Kevin Burleson. Uh, this guy, uh, not with a particularly notable uh, NBA career on his own, but actually the uh, the brother of uh, NFL wide receiver uh, Nate Burleson, uh, one of the few uh, brother combos who uh, have made it in uh, in both sports. Yeah, I mean, not much to say about Kevin here, but I mean, played on that. Played on probably a horrible Charles Bobcast team. One thing you can say about him is that he definitely made it to the league. I mean, you gotta give him credit. I mean, I don't know who we would talk about on this podcast and didn't make it to the league. Maybe that guy I mentioned earlier, or like that top guy or whatever, that truth guy, or whatever his name. <laughs> also, got to mention uh, this is a little bit more for his uh, non basketball career than his basketball career, but uh, Bud Grant. Now, this guy uh, attended uh, Minnesota way back in the day. We're talking about the 40s. And uh, much more famous for his football exploits, but uh, actually made uh, made the NBA in the early days with the uh, Minneapolis Lakers as well. Yeah, I mean, 2.6 points per game, 2.6 points per game, and 2.6 points per game. Yeah, a, a famed coach in, uh, in in the football world. I mean, a guy who was taken with the uh, the uh, in, in the fourth round of the 1950 NBA draft by the uh, Minneapolis Lakers, as I mentioned, it was part of their uh, title team uh, that season. But as as a football uh, coach. Uh, in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, in the in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, first coach to uh, win both the uh, the Grey Cup, the uh, CFL championship, and uh, and and take a team to uh, to the Super Bowl. Actually, took the uh, Vikings to the Super Bowl four times, never uh, never getting over the hump. But a, a legendary coach in the uh, world of the NFL, and uh, actually played with uh, the Minneapolis Lakers, having uh, also coached the Winnipeg Jets. Also coached uh, coach Winnipeg, uh, I believe they're the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, oh. Winnipeg Jets, the uh, the hockey team uh, from the same place. But yeah, that's uh, this, his CFL career as a coach prior to uh, making the move to the NFL. So definitely a uh, a notable guy for uh, for that reason primarily. Yeah. So more yeah more for his uh, for his football stuff than uh, than, than basketball, but, uh, but still worth mentioning for sure. Absolutely. 
So uh, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's what I got for this episode. I mean, unless you have uh, anyone else you want to get into before we uh, wrap it up. Yeah. Also, a um, new addition to these um, to these episodes, we're gonna talk. We're gonna show you the definition of um, um, the logo of Minnesota. Oh, what were you thinking there? So um, <laughs> I need to see the logo again. Well, when I think of it, I think of like the um, well the. Well, sometimes for I, for some reason I thought of it like the Kevin McHale one was like just like the M, mm-hmm. but like the weird, like the blue M. But now it's like a red or white yellow M with like red too. Yeah, it's got kind of uh, a, a, you know kind of those little lines at the various uh, points along that M, so it, it's kind of kind of blocked out a little bit. And of course, it's got a very stylish uh, uh, you know gopher a golden gopher uh bearing uh, a sweatshirt with that uh that m on it um you know posing uh very stylishly <laughs> nearby in some cases even leaning on the m yeah I mean, using it for support yeah uh you want to mention uh i know we didn't really get to this or weave it into the episode uh before we wrap it up uh, some of the retired numbers the players whose numbers are retired at uh, yes. university of minnesota we like to get that in there sometimes yeah um lou hudson at number 14, number 30, Chuck Mensel. Yeah, number we didn't get to him, but uh, he's definitely a guy who uh, got his number retired. Number 32, Trent Tucker. Number 34, Willie Burton. Number 41, Whitey Skoog. Whitey Skoog, yeah. Whitey Skoog. Every time champ. Number 43, Michael Thompson. 44, Kevin McHale. 45, Randy Brewer. And 52, Jim Brewer. Don't get him confused with the other guy. Um, and then um, 53, Dick Garmaker. All right. That's, that's what we got for uh, for this episode. Thanks uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we will uh, be back in a few days with uh, another episode, as we usually uh, are. Uh, if you want to uh, reach out to us in the meantime, you can hit us up at uh, barnardsontheNBA at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at barnardsontheNBA. Bye. All right. Uh, if you like any other podcast, feel free to listen to more of our episodes or favorites with Ava and Matt.